Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going good, Shay. It's a big day today. Earlier this morning, I, I put in my notice at work. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> so we'll see. More time for Apex, more time for podcasts, other projects, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Guys, the over-under on a new job is 24 days for Henry. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, you got some cool opportunities potentially lined up. Um, I'm proud of you. I know we've been kind of discussing this for a while, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be a really cool step to see where the next step is for Henry. And the funny thing is, is I might have a career update to follow here soon after. Um, but I am not at liberty to talk about that one exactly yet. <laughs> yeah, exciting time for the third party bros. Yeah. Like we, we said on behind the scenes, Henry and I accidentally always do things in lockstep. So um, it just kind of happens. Same birthday. <laughs> That's just the will of the universe. Uh, but Apex. Let's talk about Apex. we got a fun episode today. We're breaking down the latest Spellbound Collection event. And before we dive into that, if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to guarantee it makes its way onto the show. Also, if you'd like, drop us a follow on Twitter, at Kirk and at HB Burrison. We're tweeting all the time. I put out a great tweet about the CDL. Nobody liked it. I was pretty disappointed. I put a lot of thought into that tweet. Um, so if anyone wants to go make me my ego feel a little bit better, feel free to go hit that with the like or the retweet, even if you don't understand anything about the Seattle Surge and Fred, um, which I know is not my target audience. But yeah, that aside, Henry, plug the Patreon. Yeah, I was just going to add, I put up a poll on our Third party pod Twitter. Oh yeah, that was. I tried to. Which is break best? Your, break your heart. You tried to influence yeah. it. No, I didn't. Yeah. I just, I just voted. I was surprised. So What's it was results? between yeah. who's better, Newcastle Lifeline or Gibraltar, and it really came down to Newcastle versus Gibraltar. But they were really close, like thirty nine percent, forty one percent, and honestly, like the two takeaways are. Why is Lifeline so popular if <laughs> among these three, like she is not even in the running? Yeah. But more so, wow, Newcastle was successful. Like to have a legend come in and compete against Gibraltar, he did a really, really good job. Yeah. And I think he has a he has a strong space on this map as well, in particular mm-hmm. right now, which I think is probably influencing He's got people. Room on any map. Honestly. That's true. He's a good legend. Like, He's a really I mean and Henry, he's an example, though, as well, of a legend that the release still wasn't incredibly effective. They had to crank yeah. every single one of his abilities totally. to get him into this current spot. And so, you know, that's a case study in of itself when we talk about new legends. But you're definitely right in saying he is now in a really interesting spot where we're seeing our audience recognize it. But we're also seeing people in the esports scene and high levels of ranked recognize Newcastle as a viable option. And He's still very unpopular. Totally. I think yeah. because of that release, I think that kind of explains release what happens when you don't support. come out strong. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, so Twitter is great. Lots <laughs> goes down on all three Twitter accounts. Um, now that I'm unemployed, <laughs> please consider giving us no. a few bucks on Patreon. 
because we're going paycheck to paycheck and I don't have it anymore. Um, yeah, oh that's God. a little bit of a of a shameless plug and a joke. We'll be okay. Henry, what do they but, get uh, out of the Patreon, though? There's a lot of good benefits of the Patreon, yeah. Jay. So you get loads of behind the scenes. So like extra episodes type of behind the scenes where we just talk about life, other games, Star Apex, Wars. unfiltered, mm-hmm. Star Wars, all that stuff. Um, you also get extra episodes on top of that. Uh, from time to time, we do um, some tournaments. You may have heard of that. Um, there's a ton of benefits. You know, the access to our show notes where we actually try to type and you can see if we're good at reading or writing. <laughs> uh, spoiler. It's not always 100%. So, yeah, a lot of awesome benefits on Patreon. If there's something that you wish was on our Patreon as a benefit, a reward, let us know. Yeah, definitely. Well said, though, Henry. Well said. I I think the behind the scenes is the most slept on content. If you, at least, if you like listening to Henry and I talk, but if you only want to listen to us talk about Apex, maybe it's not your, maybe it's not always your forte. But we do get some really unfiltered Apex talk in there for sure at times. It happens. So, with that though, let's dive into the news. Okay, so we are really just covering the Spellbound Collection event today, and we'll start things off by talking about Control. It is returning throughout the duration of the collection event. We got three maps that will be in rotation. Uh, so we got from Stormpoint, Barometer, uh, World's Edge, Lava Siphon, and Olympus, uh, Hammond Labs. So no new maps coming into Control, but Control has returned. It's kind of become the go-to LTM for you know events, starts of seasons, all that kind of fun stuff. And I think it's a fan favorite, that's for sure. But how do you feel about Control? Are you excited it's back? Do you Are you in the place where you don't really care as much anymore um what's your kind of your line of thinking out of the two of us i probably care less about control it's fair um i like ranked i like br i think it's fun but i'm probably never going to hop on and just play control it's more of a an optional warm-up. Yeah. So I'm not a diehard, yeah. at least anymore. I think uh, that's I think that's fair. I mean, I'm like you said, I'm more of the control fan between the two of us. I'll, I'll actually play it by myself. Uh, unlike I don't really play uh, trios or duos by myself that often, honestly. Um, and I will play control because, like you said, it's a fun warm-up, good practice, lots of reps. I think it's good for improving aim. So, but. I do recognize, I think, the allure of it coming back each event. I think it's wearing off a bit. Um, And I think it's more than just the new maps. I think with any version of a shooter, a video game, Apex Legends in particular, once you don't have a competitive reason to win outside of just getting the win in the individual game, there's no challenges, there's no ranked to work towards. I think that you lose some of the competitiveness, which is part of the appeal of the mode. I don't think it's meant to be competitive, but if they were to bring it in, you know, long term, like we've kind of talked about, a, a rotating pool of like a ranked non BR modes would be, I think, something pretty fun and control could, you know, take a lot of time, but could fit in there as well. And that'd be, I think, be the coolest next step for it. Let's talk about some of the updates to Control, though. So they have been making changes every time they bring it back, which is cool to see that they kind of are putting a lot of care into the game. We'll rattle these off real quick and then feel free to touch on any that you think are highlights. Uh, But they extended the Join in Progress feature. 
Uh, so matchmaking will try to fill empty player slots until team one has a score of 625 or there's a score difference of 300 between the teams. Uh, players that join a match in progress get some helpful boosts for their first spawn. They get to skip that first wave. They spawn with purple armor and a helmet and they get a full ratings tier. So purple weapons and an ultimate charge on spawn. They added a new end of match XP reward to control, just 150 for completing the match. If a team is losing by a score of 62 or more, they skip spawn waves. Adding distance indicators on the in-game world icons. They added a time remaining indicator on the spawn point map icon. Bloodhound's clues were cl are now clean up after 30 seconds instead of 90. I know that's been a complaint a lot of Bloodhound players have had about playing control. Um, the As well, they've cleaned up the clues so that way when players die, their clues then disappear for Bloodhounds. A lot of Bloodhound passive work, which is nice to see. And uh, they tune spawns a little bit further just to help the overall health of the game. They set the inventory tab as the default instead of scoreboard uh, when you're looking at menus during gameplay. And they updated loadouts in the loadout selection menu based on weapon meta changes, essentially. So any highlights there you want to touch on? Overall, a lot of pretty good healthy changes, I would say. Yeah, overall, I think the takeaways are increasing the pace of play, which is important. Mm -hmm. I think that spawning in uh, players that join a match in progress with purple armor is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Like That's a very generous thing. Mm -hmm. So you feel good about uh, coming in with that first life, even if it, the match is in progress. Um, I definitely felt it was a little awkward actually seeing the inventory instead of the scoreboard. Like yeah, you, yeah. you have to now navigate in order to check where you are in your team. I think that's a little weird. I'm honestly not quite sure why. Like obviously looting is now easier, but there's so little inventory management and control. Yeah. I'm surprised that looting was prioritized over the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my takeaways. Yeah, I think overall, and I think we said it the last couple of times, it's really cool to see how much they're kind of caring about this mode though. Like fixing Bloodhound's passive to be more effective in a limited time mode that's coming back for only a few days at a time. I think that's great, awesome stuff from the devs kind of signaling how much they care about these modes and the importance of limited time modes in Apex Legends and hopefully with 2023, more of an added emphasis on them. So that's kind of my optimistic point of view, but yeah. Any other thoughts on control overall? It's fun. Get out and play it while it's here. Enjoy it. Uh, next update, we got a private matches update. So they are officially, private matches that is, available for all players. There's some rules and stuff in there, what maps are available, arenas and uh, battle royale, but kind of the big highlight in terms of uh, limitation on it being available for everyone is that 30 players at minimum are required to start a battle royale match so that's half a lobby and then six players are needed to start an arenas match so a full lobby so there's no like hey i'm going to spawn in by myself and go wander around the map kind of thing play in observation mode what do you think of this it, disappointment at all from the player limits i know i've seen that kind of going around on social media but overall any thoughts on just the the mode being added in general and maybe how it impacts apex as a whole and we could talk about content creation specifically if we wanted to. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's good for content creation and, you know, small esports communities. Yeah. That's really it. Um, I was honestly kind of shocked because I thought this was going to be more of a, 
a free play with your friends Mm -hmm. sort of private match like other first-person shooters have done in the past. Um, But obviously there are, you know, lingering server stability Mm -hmm. issues where that's not possible. So I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't see this coming, (laughs) but I think that the point is this is for amateur and full-time content creators having fun with their communities, whether it's in a tournament or, you know, they're creating content. I agree a hundred percent. I think for me, one of the most exciting things, um, you're in the same discord as I am, but you know, there's like, we got a kind of a big group of buddies that all game together. And sometimes we're getting to phases where it's like, he got four people that want to play apex legends at the same time. I think saying like you need six people and you can play a match of arenas in a private lobby is not the most unrealistic thing. And I could see a lot of friend groups kind of coming together to just do some like one-on-one arenas for fun, which, you know, we've talked about how like, you know, good old custom lobbies and COD being such a great time back in the day. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun and I might play more arenas than ever before if I can get the right group of people together to do that and just mess around. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to report back on that because in theory, 100%. Like it sounds great. Yeah. But arenas is just so unappealing that it might not be able to overcome it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, we'll have to report back on that. Definitely. That's for sure. But, like, I think to your point overall, it's great for content creators. It's great for the esports scenes. It's great for probably esports teams and orgs that if they want to put on their own tournaments now, I hope we see a lot more kind of public tournaments for people to play in and watch. And overall, going to be a ton of fun. And it's only a good thing. Caveat aside on the player minimum, this is only a good thing to get added to the game and uh, a great way to start off 2023, I would say. If it's better late than never. How about that? <laughs> Agreed. Let's talk patch notes, though. We actually got some changes. All weapon changes uh, at the split. No legend balancing. But let's let's go through these because I think we were both surprised by the amount of things we got to see. And to be truthful, legend balancing has kind of just been going crazy lately or sorry open balancing has been going crazy lately been doing a lot of it which is really cool to see a great way to shift with the meta but we'll start at the top we got the crafting rotation changes so the g7 uh, scout is now entering the crafter and the car smg is entering the crafter with that means the spitfire and the pk returning to the floor loot dude i don't know if i can think of a more drastic one-two punch that's been in the crafting before like this is probably yeah. the biggest replicator update if you take both guns and combine them together. A lot of people consider the car the best SMG in the game, and a lot of people consider the G7 the best marksman in the game. And both in the crafter, it's the H7. How you feel? Yeah. Try to keep it under 10 minutes. So it's sad. Um, well, I, I was shocked by this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the G7 hasn't even been back on the ground for a year. I know, right? And it's already <laughs> out again. This is only for a half season. But the other side of it was also surprising because the car had already done a stint in the replicator. Yeah. So, like, it this is kind of an indicator that this is not just every weapon gets its turn. Mm-hmm. This is we're looking at the weapons that are the top of the meta, and we're trying to affect that and keep it fresh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think. On Saturday, we're doing a whole episode talking about the crafter mm-hmm. uh, and kind of how the, 
the replicator works and how to maximize it. Um, to be honest, the weapons that are in the replicator are completely unused for that split. It mm-hmm. just isn't available. And even though I love both these guns, it is extremely rare that you even have a good opportunity to craft them. So, you know, that's coming from a lover of the gun. Maybe some people disagree. What I think is more interesting here is the Mastiff has been really fun so far, Mm -hmm. uh, this split. And I'm going to be really curious to see how the shotgun meta works out in-game now that the PK is back. I think that's kind of the big thing to look at. Um, going into this split, it is funny though because, but it's true. Of like these guns go in, and we just don't see them as much, regardless of how good they, they are. Disappear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, to the point of that as well, though, it's an opportunity to have a really good advantage when we play really high level ranked. We do actually craft weapons sometimes when need be, when they are really good guns in the crafter, and having the car SMG over everybody else who really isn't carrying it can be an advantage having that g7 over that 30 30 can be an advantage you can gain potentially by checking out the crafting rotation if you really want to put the effort into it the mid game doesn't really happen for me it's either op drop or you're not getting it so how that maybe plays into your ranked gameplay is something to consider yeah and this won't really be in our guide on saturday but to be honest it really only makes sense to craft a weapon in the replicator when the attachments suit the weapon as well because then you know like there are cases where you'll just randomly pick up a purple mag or you know where the pk was a purple bolt Mm -hmm. but when you kind of know that okay all day long i can use the car with a purple heavier light mag yeah that's a good thing to keep in mind Mm -hmm. so you know i think it's not the number one use case but it's there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next change, we had something go on with the anvil receiver hop-up. So the limb damage multipliers reduced to 0.75, was 0.9, and the flatline damage reduced to 39, was 43, and the R301 damage was reduced to 32, was 35. Well, anvil nerf all around. How are you feeling out of this one? Yeah, it, shocking, honestly. Very shocking. This kind of comes in line with the next change as well to the G7. But this is one that surprises me because Broken Moon, longer range map this season, we had buffs to the triple take and the anvil coming back. Like It just felt like that's where we wanted to go. And so now this is like a counter move to a hop-up that's been in the game since like season three. Mm Mm-hmm. Very random, yeah. honestly, and the, the the next two I I see as random as well. Um, Everything's like, random on here. Let's be pretty clear weird. about that. Which it's is weird. It's meta shifts, like which is interesting and cool. But yeah, uh, the anvil is interesting. Nobody one. was saying anvil was over. That's the thing. That's how I so, was going to say. Is like it was powerful. Yeah, but as a gold hop up that not everybody even used. This is a big hit. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one, I think for sure, in terms of, and maybe this is a really hyper targeted, you know, maybe pro lobbies were seeing this or ranked, like high ranked lobbies were seeing this used exponentially more and it was just too good in their hands. But 
Yeah, I'd be, this is why we do miss dev notes on like kind of why these changes happen because it's always interesting to hear from their perspective, even if the perspective was just like, hey, we want to switch things up a little bit. You know, it's always interesting to hear it from the dev's mouth. So, yeah, because it was definitely an odd one, let's just say. But like you were kind of hinting, the next one's kind of impacted in part as well. We got the G7 Scout, the damage was reduced to 32 instead of 34. Which, you know, we got a lot of G7 fans listening to this, I think, because of that's what the third party podcast stands for. The G7. Don't worry, this doesn't actually change the shot to kill or accuracy numbers. So it's not the biggest change, I would say, to the weapon, which is another reason why it's just a odder one than other things. It's random. Mm-hmm. It's just disrespectful. Yeah. It's going to the replicator and it's getting hit on the damage. Like too far. So nobody's gonna use it for this whole split. And then it's going to come out and it's going to be worse. It's weird. Yeah. But is it really going to be worse? Because like you said, Jay, no changes on the shots to kill or how many shots it takes. Um, but that also then means no change for the time to kill either. Yeah. So like the DPS, the total damage potential is reduced. But really, I don't think you're going to feel this that much. It feels like a... Uh... It's one of those changes of like, we got too many people using this. Let's just do something. It doesn't really affect it because the gun's fair, but maybe try and get just the use case down ever so slightly. Um, Prowler. Got some Prowler changes. The damage was increased to 15, was 14 before. Break this down for us real quick. How does this affect, you know, TTK, anything? And quick little SMG meta snapshot. Yeah, for sure. So... Prowler's been good, mm-hmm. but it's hard to use because it's burst. Yep. You know, it's sometimes unforgiving because if you miss a whole burst, you know, you're dead against any other SMG, shotgun, wingman. It, it can be risky if you're not confident with it. Pros of the Prowler have always been the magazine size. You know, it tops out at 35. The next closest is at 28. So it's like a big difference uh, in terms of just how many bullets you have. Um, Reload speeds are pretty slow. Um, like against all the other SMGs, it's the slowest. Um, you know, the question then becomes does the Prowler compete with an AR? Mm-hmm. Not really because of the burst. So, you know, you're you're sacrificing your reload speed for a larger magazine, meaning make the large mag count mm-hmm. because you don't really get a second chance in a head to head against an SMG. Um, but where this damage change comes into play is the time to kill. So the TTK used to be against purple armor over 1.2 seconds, which against the Volt, the Volt is 1.11, the R9 is 1.01, and the car is just under one at 0.99. Fastest TTK in the game in the mm-hmm. care package right now, man. Mm-hmm. Just for free. Every game you can get it. Yep. <laughs> It's very good. So, you know, Prowler was about a tenth of a second, uh, if not two tenths of a second, slower than all the other SMGs. But now it's pretty much right in line with the Volt at 1.12 versus 1.11 on the Volt. And couple that with an accuracy percentage of 40% against Purple Armor with a Purple Mag versus the Volt that requires 50%. Definitely give the Prowler uh, a try this split because this is a pretty substantial buff, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I think so. It's going to be really interesting to take a look at. It. We've both been Prowler fans for a while. I think it always will come down to can you hit your shots with the burst uh, with this weapon. Next change, maybe our favorite in the entire mm-hmm. patch notes. Sentinel now requires one shield cell to energize. Was two before. Henry, I won't lie to you. I'm a little worried about a potential Sentinel meta uh, of everyone just shooting charge shots left, right, and center at people. Um, if it's a bad thing is maybe another question, but it's going to be sounding really scary out on the battlefield, I think. No, it's it's a terror. Um, the Sentinel charged up headshot is, you know, as scary, if not more scary, than a, a Kraber body shot. You know, this is a, a pretty serious sniper. And although I like this change, I feel like it, it should have been this way for a while. This is random. Yeah. The Sentinel is the strongest sniper in the game. Why are we buffing it? You know, it's like confusing to me, um, a lot of these changes. But uh, yeah, I think if you're a sniper fan, a Vantage fan, a Sentinel fan, a Kraber fan, mm-hmm. this is really good for you because it just makes it so much easier to get those high damage sniper shots out. I mean, as you mentioned, it is the best sniper in the game and it just made it easier to get it into its peak form. This is one of those ones where I come back to the dev note of it would be interesting to see like very small minority of the player base actually charges the Sentinel. We want to make that more accessible to people. Like that'd be my in-head justification for something like this. I'm a little sad about the little gold armor buff when you're carrying the Sentinel, though, going away. I always thought that was a, that was a fun little uh, add-on into the game. <laughs> yeah, so random. So random, really cool. Um, some highlights just from the bug fixes from this patch. Uh, they added 10 new welcome challenges to the game to help new players learn Apex. If you complete all 10 challenges, you are awarded a new, quote, Apex 101 badge. So... I'll have to check it out, see if the Apex 101 badge looks great, and uh, if we are going to be trying to earn this ourselves. I'm not sure if we're going to have to like re-earn it, if or if we'll be able to have retroactively completed them. I don't know if you've taken a look at that yet, by chance. I haven't seen it yet, okay. but nice for the new players. Always fun. And then the last thing we got to talk about today is there was a potential mystery Horizon nerf. Um, Potentially the Horizon Tactical has been nerfed. It was pointed out by his Watson on Twitter and confirmed by many, many other Apex pros, content creators, essentially that the Horizon Q is now harder to shoot off of while you're going up and while you're on the top. And that the accuracy is night and day, which is a change people have been asking for for a long time. I've seen a guy like uh, Exet Hodzik, one of our favorite creators, mentioned that he hopes this was an actual change and not a bug. But to your favorite point, we can't confirm because it wasn't in the patch notes. So uh, we yeah, don't know what the 100% certainty is. Yeah. But we've seen mystery see. nerfs and buffs all the time. It's not anything outlandish. Yeah, this would be a big one, to be honest, because I think it's it's pretty much needed at this point, I think. Um, a lot of Horizons tactical cannot be countered. It's very strong. Um, it's just odd that it's missing in the patch notes. No developers have mentioned it. None of the community managers have mentioned it. The respawn accounts haven't mentioned it. Like, 
it's hot. We'll see. I think this will probably be solid by the end of the week. So if you're listening to this, you probably already know uh, if this is a bug, if this is legitimate, mm-hmm. what it is. Because even with our experiments against dummies in the firing range, we were seeing discrepancies like fully automatic weapons versus snipers versus semi-automatic. Yeah. Like you could have accuracy with some, but not others. So I'd love more information. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just off first glance, it really did feel like semi-auto snipers. You can perch on top and still get good accuracy, but full auto felt like, whoa, there was definitely something different there for sure. So yeah, as you said, you said it perfectly. We'll wait and see and hear if anything comes from the devs. Um, Last piece of news, we'll talk about the collection event skins. Got any favorites from the overall event uh, on a player or, or not player on a legend or weapon basis and then let's talk uh seer heirloom the showstoppers yeah the horizon skin and matching g7 it's got to be good mm-hmm. you know i think that is a, a pretty nice one overall it's a pretty good collection event none of them actually stopped the show for me personally mm-hmm. uh did you have any weapon or legend skins that you like i don't know if it's because i'm just partial to the legend i thought the mirage one was pretty dang cool that was the only one that to your point kind of felt like a showstopper um but yeah i think overall a pretty solid event and like it's good skins the collection events are always good skins but we've definitely had some that are better than others for sure yeah what about the heirloom i think the showstoppers are pretty cool man like uh, I haven't really dove into like finding what the like unique inspection is and such, but I was kind of surprised by the blend of the of his tech into it as well with like the the gems or whatever we want to call them the holographic mini drones mini yeah. drones yeah um, how they were involved in it I, I think it's pretty cool I, I do want to see it in practice a little bit more I don't play seer enough to justify making the purchase uh, by any means, but I think it's cool. What about you though? I like it a lot. I think that it's one of the better ones. I think a two, a dual wielded sort of heirloom is a really cool idea. Um, I'm personally just kind of nervous because I feel like Horizon and Seer are currently at the top of kind of the list of people that should get nerfed in some way. and selling a heirloom potentially right before that, I don't know. Could be a risky purchase. We'll see. I, I hear you, and I would not be surprised if that happened in the slightest. Uh, let's just say that. But yeah, overall, great patch, good updates. Any other overall thoughts you want to share? I feel like private matches is cool. We have some cool ideas about that. I don't really care about control i think the weapon changes are pretty random and won't affect the top of the meta i think it's important to just keep in mind that we've been promised big things for the next season yes like there's been times where the collection event is epic and Mm -hmm. brings everybody back and everybody's excited i don't think this is one but i don't necessarily think that that is a bad signal or something Mm -hmm. to get overly worked up about because from what we've heard, there's big things coming next season. So I think it's a long one, but just hang tight is, is how I'm feeling. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say. That's for sure. I'm definitely interested in what that next season looks like in comparison to this. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty solid. Um, I think, like you noted, private matches just to like, we're going to keep doing invitationals. That's currently the plan. We're going to try and figure out if we can bring some arenas gameplay uh, into kind of the catalog consistently for the third party. And then even more exciting than that, Henry's kind of been spitting and we're going to see if we can come up with the idea of doing maybe a more competitive long-term league style play uh, with the community and opening it up a little bit to kind of do something exciting for the scene. So some ideas, if you have anything you really want to see or have anything you really want to do, uh, I think we're going to at least put together a discord channel that allows people to kind of connect on doing some private matches I imagine people will struggle to get like full arena or full battle royale matches together, but probably will be able to get some arenas together if you really want to run with six people through the Discord server. So keep an eye out for that if it's something you're really passionate about. Let's wrap things up though with some five star questions. Our first five star question of the day is coming from Old Man Rider. Hey guys, I think that your show is amazing and I was wondering if you could help me with a problem I've been having. I've been stuck in bronze and I know it is just because I am bad, but I get demotivated because I can never rank up and I die off spawn. I was wondering if you guys have any tips for that. Thanks and I love the show. Good question and thanks for asking it. Um, There's so much. There's a ton that you can do to kind of get over this hurdle, I think. Having your biggest problem being dying off spawn, just selecting better drop locations will drastically improve the amount of RP that you can get. I mean, because it's a battle royale, even the best players can die off spawn if they don't get armor and a gun and a mag and all these things. So don't necessarily feel bad, but try your best to set yourself up for success by dropping uncontested, using the replicator, getting the equipment that you need, and then, I don't know, right now we're coming to the end of the split on Broken Moon, but then planning out really good rotations uh, to get you into a favorable position Mm -hmm. to not only get placement, but have an advantage in a gunfight by having better positioning. Um, There's a ton that goes into it, but I think picking uncontested drops, that will really change the game for you and bronze. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I'll throw in, I always kind of share the opinion of I think reps are really important. And so take advantage of control being in, being in rotation. Because I think gunplay is just a huge difference between bronze Mm -hmm. and silver and gold. And so the more people you can shoot, the more fights you can be in, the quicker you're going to learn. But yeah, if you're dying off job repeatedly, take a step back. Controls the best way to get in as much gunplay as possible in a very quick time. So take advantage of it. I will say that for sure. Good question. Next five-star question coming from Coastal. I recently started looking at PC parts, and I'm thinking about building a PC. I have debated whether or not to play on mouse and keyboard. When I listened to your episode about MNK versus controller, I did not hear a clear solution. So basically, my question is, is it worth it to swap to M&K when I'm already in lobbies with a very high skill level? Thank you for a great podcast that deserves every five-star review it gets. I'm sad we didn't have a good solution in our M&K versus controller well, episode. that wasn't the topic, Jay. No, it wasn't. Okay? Um, 
Here, we'll be truthful with you. Here's what we did. It sounds like you're in a similar situation to us. You're a very good controller player. You're going over the PC. You're gonna game's gonna look a lot better. If you want to keep winning and you have friends you're playing with and you guys all want to play ranked together, you're gonna enjoy your life more if you stay on controller. If you want a new challenge, if you want to have this movement ceiling that can be really fun to play with it's going to take you a long time but start with mouse and key from day one if you're going to get into it and invest it's really hard to go back and forth not from like a skill standpoint a lot of people are good enough to go between mouse and keyboard and controller but it just gets really hard to try and learn mouse and key when you know how effective you can be on a controller in those lobbies so I do think if you're going to try it, kind of commit early, go all in. And uh, it's a fun challenge. We both kind of have started that journey, but we've both never had the time or commitment to truly finish it. Um, that's, yeah, that's my take on it. Feel free to defer, though, 100%. I pretty much agree. We're in the same place. We both still play controller even on PC. I, I think... It's controversial. That's why you're having a hard time finding this answer. Um, the question that you're really asking is, is MNK better than controller? Like, is it worth it to learn? I don't know. Like last week I was talking with Flame Sword, a former Halo professional player, and he was telling me I wasn't too old to switch to MNK and that I should. But you can only really do that if you have the time, like mm-hmm. Shay said. Like if you are like training to be a pro player or a streamer and you really want to play M and K, then yes. But if you're a casual gamer, it's probably not worth it for any reason. Because yeah, you're comfortable already. What are you gonna gain? Yeah, let me throw in as well though. It it's not like controller players don't play pro. Like a lot of teams are, say, the best construct is two MNK players and one controller player, um, just because of advantages and disadvantages between inputs. So you can play at the highest ceiling. Uh, we're biased. We're controller players. It's annoying when people are moving on their loot box or door play doesn't really go your way sometimes, or you try and do an armor swap and you can't, but you know the enemy can really easy, and vice versa. I'm sure there's MNK controller player or MNK players that say, oh, "I got fried up close." You know, this was a controller thing. So you listen to the episode. Obviously, we went into the details, the advantages and disadvantages. I think, as Henry mentioned, it comes down to time and it comes down to just desire. If you want a new challenge in your life, go ahead. Like there is a ceiling on M&K that you can't hit on controller. That is true. Are you going to hit that ceiling? I don't know what kind of player you are right now. There's not a lot of players that hit that ceiling in the world. That's kind of what it comes down to. And so then I just feel, for the most part, it's not worth it either way. If you're you're currently a PC player, you love it, you're on M&K, and you're hearing all this talk about aim assist, you probably shouldn't plug in a controller. Like, Mm -hmm. just stay with what you're comfortable with whatever side you're on. So I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Last question though. Five star coming from blank faced Bob. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And as a new player, it really helped me improve. I get limited screen time as a kid and therefore I don't have a lot of time to get a feel for every weapon. My five star review question is what are each of your guys' ideal loadouts? Thanks a lot. And I hope this review helps. 
Oh, Henry, you remember back in yeah. the day, limited screen time, not being able to yeah. game it up all the time? I feel for you right now. I wonder if my parents are proud <laughs> that I'm now in a, a gaming career because I don't think they were trying for that. Oh, so, man. sorry. Fear um, load out, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, there's so many amazing weapons that it's difficult to go wrong. You definitely can, but just use the R301. Yeah. And anything else like R301 G7, R301 R9, R301 Mastiff, R301 Wingman, R301 Volt, R301 Flatline. I don't care. R301 L Star. I'm cool with any of those. Like, I feel very confident with all of those loadouts. Um, it's more so about because this is a BR, what attachments do you have? Yeah. So if you get that, that heavy light mag, then it's R301 car. You know, so it's like kind of just have to make the most out of what you have and get an R301. That's pretty much the (laughs) advice. That's for me. I love that. I love that. I I mean, my favorite loadout right now, just generally speaking, is R301 car. And I'm a car R99 guy. And in terms of what SMG I pair with an R301, you know, Volt's got pros and cons, but, you know, it does lack some something a little bit in those really up close engagements don't get me wrong i love the volt volt's my go-to gun to go with any marksman uh or even a sniper but even when i run snipers i normally run sniper r301 so it's like yeah i think you hit the nail on the head get comfortable with the r301 best gun in the game and run with what you have loot wise if you want my favorites there it is though car r99 are my two favorite smgs we're not really I'm more of a shotgun guy than you are, but neither of us categorize ourselves as like big time shotgun players either. So you're not going to hear that as like the go-to loadout recommendation. Yeah. Anything else? That's a wrap. That's going to wrap things up for us. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. Thanks so much to 10 who supports us on Patreon as a producer of the third party. Hit the pulse on Apple, drop us a follow on Spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. <laughs>